The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone, all of you intentional spirits. It's so good to really see you. Um, those of you that are listening in uh, later on and those of you that are live here on Facebook Live, we love uh, doing this show with you. And thank you for your comments and for your connections. It's always so great. I'm so happy that today we have a visionary specialist. We have someone that dreams very big and has written a book, Rise and Shine, he is an amazing man. I've been reading about him, and you'll agree with me um, after we've had this interview. So, Russell Kyle, welcome to our show today. Thank you. Thank I'm so so glad that you're here. So, tell our uh, listening audience, um, how did you get to be Russell Kyle? I mean, what's a nice guy like you doing in a place like this? I mean, how did wow. your how did your path kind of shape you that you care about people being awake? You you know, what's happening in the world matters to you. How did that unfold for you? Uh, it's an ongoing process. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm certainly happy that it has begun. Uh, and at some point, I began to wake up a little bit to mm-hmm. you know, what's really going on, which I think is good overall. Yeah. Um, first, I want to say it's an honor. Thank you. Oh. It's an honor to meet you. It's an honor to be mm-hmm. here. So I really yeah, appreciate you're welcome. Time with you. Um, yeah, I went through uh, some transforming processes myself uh, through caught up in the past, drug addiction and, and different things. Uh, a lot of different things happened to me when I was a young kid, uh, family tragedies and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I got to a point, uh, critical mass, I guess you could say, maybe where something had to change. And so I stepped into some uh, some processes of change uh, and some different programs got involved. And I began to change a little bit and really found that my heart for helping people was that's my passion. Is to help people, to yeah. see people change, especially people who are suffering or suffering like I had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a good place to be, but it's great seeing people change. How long were you involved in drugs? I uh, forget some good time, probably 15, 15, 20 years or so. Well, you must have started really young. I mean, you're what? I mean, you're, anyway, that's not the point. I'm 47. <laughs> <laughs> 
people are starting to look younger. (laughs) (laughs) So for 15 years, um, you were, you were out and, and, and you were using and, um, did people help you? Is that one reason that you're so committed to helping others? Did people actually help you or did you hit bottom? I did hit a bottom. I guess I was steered in a certain direction early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents have always been spiritual. Mm-hmm. In a sense, they've had their ups and downs and their, um, you know, their, their challenges. My father introduced me to uh, mindfulness or meditation at a yeah. young age, visualization. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would use visualization to perfect his golf swing, actually. And, wow. and he would bring me into these, I guess probably the earliest I remember, maybe I was 10, 11, or 12, he would bring me into these deep visualization process where he would see himself and explain to me how he would experience the feeling of perfecting the golf swing. Mm. And he would utilize that. And he invited me to use that for my baseball when I was in Little League. And I started to see positive effects with that. And, and so, and then my mom went to meditation and, uh, and just her positive. My mom was always about a positive, positive thinking, positive thinking. Bringing out the, the realization that self-talk, first the fact that we have self-talk. We talk to ourselves all the time. Right. And just pointing out that, you know, be careful what you say because you're likely to believe it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So something to pay attention to. Eventually so, we do, don't we? We do yes. believe it, yes. Yeah. So what happened over time was so I had that little bit of direction in the beginning and I had a taste of something that was extra, extraordinary. And then I had some stuff start happening in my life. Some sexual abuse. Exposed to drugs by that person. Really became a the center of my life, and um, and off and on, I used and drank a little bit off and on over the years, and just uh, over time got worse, and to the point where I was on the street, and so the um, that whole thing kind of led me to that that, that bottom. And finally, I realized something had to change, and I did. I got involved in the twelve step program. Mm-hmm. This was the beginning for me. So you just out of the blue stopped. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of struggle. It was a little off and on with mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. But I did uh, eventually um, get you know, involved in depth in the 12-step program. And then I started picking up, you know, jumping back on the spiritual path as right. well. Getting back into some of uh, my favorite authors, Wayne Dyer, Eckhart Tolle, Mary Williams, and Deepak, and really getting into their stuff. Uh, I'm part of that recovery path. Meditation is one of the mm-hmm. things that they present. And uh, so I kind of had kind of had a lead on that already, and it just jumped into it, and, and found that it really accelerated the recovery and healing process for me. Yeah. And so I, I love utilizing those tools to help other people. And yeah, I found absolutely. It's, it's just not with mm-hmm. uh, drug and alcohol substance abuse, as you know. It's, it's with all other. It applies to to everything. Yeah. Actually, um, back when I was um, using alcohol, and I you know I had great things going for me on one side, but then I was drinking myself to death on the other side. I was in the practice of trying to survive myself, you know. Um, I actually just noted that my friend, I had one friend that held up to me, spoke up to me, told me, what are you doing? You know, you have a problem. And um, it's funny, I actually saw that she tuned in online. So thank you, Judy. I always thank you for part of my wake up process and, and for being the one friend that stood for me and stood by me, uh, that woke me up to just really how bad I, how bad I was. So 
we're we're very fortunate that way. But I I couldn't agree with you more that I found it time and time and time again of of people that either use alcohol or, or drugs that have that addictive personality. The best answer really is to be involved in a spiritual component. Yes, it, it really makes all the difference to be around people that are vibrant and dynamic. And, you know, that's what I did is I immersed myself into spiritual community. And it, it made all the difference in the world. You've been, uh, how long have you been free of those things? Actually, the Saturday would be 10 years. Good for you. Yes. Good for you. <laughs> 30, 30 for me. All right. Good. Yeah. Awesome. 30 for me. So, Yeah. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, I like remembering the day before. It's pretty nice. Mm. <laughs> yes, it is. Waking up on New Year's Day, it's like, ah, I feel great. <laughs> so, you know, the uh, part of my immersing myself in the spiritual community was with Unity. Yeah. And it was Unity in South Tampa, um, Ross Goodman. Yeah. Uh, at that time, uh, loved. I, I could see his aura as he stood up there speaking to us. Right. And he just glowed something about him. And then the unity prayer, and then I was exposed to a lot of the literature, uh, Emmett Fox, Emily Cady, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I just uh, so appreciate you know, what he's done as part of my beginning. Uh, it's beautiful. It, it, it really is. And and oh, I think, for me, one of the biggest things is to um, know who's in your boat. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, yes. to have the right, to, the right team of people um, on your boat that um, that you know always see the best in you and that are those unconditional relationships and mm-hmm. and continue to support you and 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 thrive and all that. I want to thank all of you for leaving your comments, Kim and Elizabeth from you have a listener from Norway and those of you that are checking in and we love hearing your comments and if you have any questions that you want to ask of Russell Kyle, please feel free to do so. Um, so we've got him here with us for quite some time. So, and hi to you, Liz. Glad hey, to Liz. see you. Yeah, thanks for checking in. So, you you found yourself at bottom, and then you had to wake up. And um, Russell has a website, awakep.com, correct? Yes. Awakep.com. Awake Productions is what it is. So it's awakep.com. But you. You, you pulled yourself out of the throes of things that you had been in, and then what did you get involved with that continued to expand you and and help you remain part of Awake Productions? Yeah, I got involved in uh, facilitating and teaching mindfulness and meditation, mm-hmm. visualization, um, doing different seminars, transformational seminars. I work with um, Angie Speller is a licensed clinical director, or I'm sorry, clinical therapist in Tampa. Uh-huh. Uh, another friend of mine, Layton Kyler, is a peak performance strategist, amazing guy, and the three of us team up together and, and do transformational events. Um, and it's kind of funny, we consider ourselves the mind-body-spirit team, meaning oh, cool I is try that? to bring more of the spiritual, uh, Layton is more, he's the emotional, working on redeveloping emotional patterns and kind of the hype guy. Mm-hmm. And Angie... Uh, brilliant therapist um, referred to as the mind ninja. Yeah, the mind <laughs> ninja. That's stuff. cool. So uh-huh. that's something that, that we do that um, is uh, that I have a connection on on my website as well. Uh, I do videos. Also, I do custom um, 
audio for meditation, for uh, whether you're preparing for a test, a talk, um, or just want some deep uh, to work through some processes, and I can make them specific. And uh, so I do a lot of that type of stuff. And really, mm-hmm. any any way that the universe leads me to do my part in accelerating the ongoing evolutionary process that's happening with us, the waking up that's happening on our planet, uh, I'll do my part. I'm just kind of keep trying to keep my eyes open, see the signs, and follow the lead. Well, um, speaking of the world and uh, speaking of our community and and all of us in our own communities, um, that's an ongoing uh, conversation. They're telling us to get closer to the mic, so here we go. Um, that's an ongoing conversation, isn't it? Because I have to remind myself often that the world I'm seeing is a world through the media's eyes, not necessarily the world world, correct? So um, I I don't know if you have a process of that, but I I just, I find that to be every day that it's a check-in of healthy mindfulness and healthy living that the world I affirm is the world I see. I mean, if we believe that about ourselves, then we're saying we do. Because we said earlier, if we say enough things about ourselves, good, bad, or indifferent, eventually we believe it. And so if it's true about us in the affirmative way in which we live, then it's got to be just as true in the world that we're affirming, that we are affirming a world, right? And so we always get back to that, don't we? in that place of, of mindfulness, I'm talking with you, not at you. But um, I find that, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll be in areas of public life and people will go, God, can you believe this has happened and that's happened and this has happened? And it, they're very small windows to the bigger picture of what is happening. It doesn't excuse the news events and the things like that, but it's it's out of perspective is how it compares to the whole to the whole universe at large, don't you think? I do. I agree. It's it's almost fact. <laughs> Probably fact. The um, my first book, Awaken Living, that uh, came out I think 2007 or something like that. I was talking mm-hmm. about uh, some specific things that it's good to uh, things that we are. Influenced by that, it's good mm-hmm. to keep an eye on, just be aware of what was the news. And, and it is so true. It seems that ten percent of negative going on in the world is funneled into our living rooms, and that's all we really see. And I guess that sells. Um, so for a lot of people, um, so yeah, I mean, it gives a, a real bad impression. What I like to do every so often, and sometimes I'll do in the morning before work when I get in my car, I'll sit down. I'll close my eyes, I'll sit in my seat, I'll close my eyes, close the door, sit in quiet, and think about the people around me. Still mm-hmm. sleep, I get up early. Still sleeping in their homes, at peace. And I think about there on my street, there's peace. I think about really my, the whole block of my neighborhood, there's a lot more peace and positive going on there. There's probably people waking up, hugging each other or whatever. There's a lot more peace and positive going on than the negative. If you hear one car accident, you're going to hear about that mm-hmm. um, because it stands out. But it stands out because there really is more good going on, and there is negative. And 
Absolutely. That's really, I think that is a fact. So, so yeah, I think it's our part, really, to, uh, when we find ourselves in those opportunities, when we find ourselves around people like that, um, that are voicing the, the negative to say, well, you know, have you ever considered this? Or possibly. Yeah, that's part of what that's part of what um, this particular book, how this particular book came out. Um, the different positive. Father. Okay, try to talk. Yeah, some voice. Yeah. Uh, this book, and I'm not trying to. I just want to explain the uh, this book in particular. It's it's not a whole lot, but it's 365 quotes, and. Um, and the reason this, and I'm not trying to sell the book. <laughs> well, I think you ought to sell the book. Here. It is, mean, a, it is a positive book. It's your book, so we believe in it from the from uh, the get-go. And Elizabeth is saying that's why she enjoys the show, because we're reminding her of what the real world really is. I mean, so you can go to uh, Russell Powell's website. It's Awake P, as in awakeproductions.com, and you can find out how to order the book. And so back to you, Russell. <laughs> yeah. So part of part of my passion of helping others and trying to extend some positive outlook on the book is where the book came about. And actually, I started out. I started text messaging, sending out positive daily random text messages to friends. And they were. Uh, it was my own stuff that I was going through throughout the day and learning to deal with it and finding a solution. And I would just text it out. You know, a particular thing like uh, reminding people that when we have issues with other people, that it's our issue mm-hmm. that aligns with us, and, or just simple things like that. And I started sending out these random test messages uh, throughout the day, and and I was getting a lot of positive feedback, and a lot of people saying, "Can you add so and so?" and sending me numbers uh, onto the text list. So over time, it's built up to about five hundred now, and about four hundred of these people, I have no idea who they are. But I believe that's good, though, because they don't know who I am either. I'm just some guy or some person sending them a random text message on a daily basis of a positive message throughout the day. And and kind of, uh, I think there's more influence and power mm-hmm. through that, in a way. I mean, Absolutely. The one time I sent out a quote, and I usually send out quotes that are not specific to anybody, uh, usually my stuff. But I sent out a quote one day by Buddha quote. And I got a message back from somebody I didn't know. I said, please don't send me any more Buddha quotes. And I was like, oh, no, okay. So I sent them another quote. There's actually another Buddha quote. <laughs> but I took the quotes off, and I didn't tag in Buddha. And I said, there, is that better? And they wrote back, and they said, uh, yes, that's better. Thank you. <laughs> it was another Buddha quote. Yeah. So what I did is I removed their prejudice of the messenger message. Mm-hmm. So I find that sometimes reaching people in that way, in almost an anonymous way, they're more apt to really take in a message and, and see you. That's very powerful. Got to keep your voice going up so okay. they can hear you. Yeah. We ha- we now have Roshni that's with us from Johannesburg, South Africa. How are you doing, Roshni? We, we welcome you. Um, my guest today is, uh, we're talking to Russell Kyle. He is a person that has done more than written a book or um, has come up with some positive ideas about meditation and visualization. He's been able to overcome 
um, one of society's today's most troubling issues, and that is the one of people being medicated instead of uh, being meditated and instead of meditating. Um, and this is a big part of um, a commitment that he's making and I'm making is that we're consistently talking to people about how you can have a vibrant life, you can have a dynamic life, you can have challenges and problems because you are if you're a human being, but you can do it and you can do it sober. You can do it without um, a, a shutting down and closing out. Now, I understand also that there are people that need to take medication prescribed either temporarily or long-term, but I'm talking about the addictive aspect uh, where people are just kind of zoned out, and they're zoned out for, for days, for years, for weeks, um, a long term. And it, it's just really time, and I, I love the idea of your website being awake, awake productions, because it's so crucial now that, um, because one of the things I have uh, learned over time being shaman and uh, working with uh, some very bright lights um, across the world is that so many amazing people, so many people that are uh, able to help others, they are extremely wounded healers. Um, as I am, was one of those people that I, I felt from early on in my life that I had a gift of, of healing or revealing and it terrified me. And I had this big hole in my soul, so I kept feeding that hole, you know, with alcohol and unworthiness and undeservingness. And that is part of the shadow of a true healer or a change maker is to be invisible and to kind of fade away in their own um, shadow work. And that's the place where we're not seen and that's the place where we're hidden. So it, it's wonderful over time to see more and more people waking up and being awake and and getting sober and becoming addict-free because it's such a preoccupation, isn't it? We're so preoccupied when we're thinking about when are we going to get that next cigarette. And I mean, I can't believe that I ever smoked. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't ever believe I ever did. But I can't believe all the energy that went into everything. I mean, even a simple invitation years ago of being invited to a party you know well I'd have to know who's going to be at the party and were they serving alcohol and did any of them smoke and if they didn't smoke did they judge smoking or if they used to smoke if they were going to be hard on me because I still smoke I would have to do a whole inventory about my addictiveness instead of my joy so I would imagine you relate to that just a little yes yeah absolutely <laughs> I do I do relate um it's still a little bit today, but today I have tools to work with. Yes. And, you know, some in that hole you were talking about, it's interesting, the, uh, Dr. Carl Jung wrote a, a letter, I believe it was 1951, to the co-founder of And he mentioned in this letter that his assessment of alcoholism, so just name one of those mm -hmm. substances, was a low-level craving for a spiritual experience. This is a brilliant man's... Final assessment, a low-level craving for a spiritual experience. And I find that now working with substance abuse patients, mm -hmm. clients, that um, 
they have that craving. They're really open to something spiritual. And if they have aversion you know, to the word God or for whatever reason, there's, there are other ways to, um, to label it. It makes it comfortable for them. But once they tap into that and experience it, well, there's kind of a euphoria just being present, just life as it is, sober and cleaning, that actually is much better than one, than uh, artificial one that we experienced before. And I believe there's no turning back at that point. Absolutely. Maybe uh, temptation at time, but continuing to stay on that spiritual path and grow spiritually to wake up, uh, I think is, to me, is the best antidote to not to put down all the other forms of treatment, they certainly have their place in that process. Absolutely. Uh, but I feel the ultimate goal is, is to wake them up to reality that life is okay it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. With, its, with its ups and downs, with its bumps, you know, mm-hmm. in the road, that it's okay it's just the way it is. And we start peeling that peeling that onion. Um, Roshni, you have some questions that you want to ask. Um, if you will messenger me... Um, Privately, I will uh, be glad to give you some ideas or some just suggestions or thoughts that I have that might help you in some way or offer you some support. So thank you for your willingness to share, and I'd be glad to help you privately offline, or you can go to templehaze.com and fill out the contact information and give me some specifics, and I'll write you back as well. So... Um, yeah, we're all kind of celebrating today um, about uh, being able to be awake and, you know, what that what that feels like. I, I love Buddha, and I love that, you know, there was a time that someone said to him, you know, how is it that, you know, you're able to do what you're able to do, and, um, and, and that you are who you are, and his simple answer was, I am awake. It's just... Um, it's just the richness of life. But we're going to talk deeper about uh, what it means to be awake and that there um, there are conscious choices that one makes every day um, that can that can change your life. I, I know that one of the things is that we learn to be more fluid in allowing our lives to change. You know, the the same way we ate when we were teenagers may not work for us today, right? Our diet, um, our desires around food, uh, the the things that we allow to eat at us change, right? I mean, they must change because we learn to have more faith and less anxiety. We learn to have more um, calmness about uh, trusting life. And I think because for so many years I didn't trust myself. I mean, I couldn't trust myself because my inner being was not wanting me to be a mess. (laughs) You know, my inner soul, my soul path, didn't desire for me to be a mess, didn't desire for me to have to go around all the time apologizing about what I did the night before to other people. That was not what I would call a quality life. No, that's, right? That's not and you fine. you were there too. <laughs> I was. Well we we could have met up and we just don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could we could Very have possible. had a night out on the town and we don't even remember about that night on the town. Yeah. But anyway, back to you, that's what I value about your work so much is that 
you're teaching people how to every day incorporate uh, some level of spiritual uh, spiritual guidance, spirituality tools that they can use that will help them consistently face life and to be open and receptive and uh, not rely upon um, falling back into the corner of the hardships of um, addiction. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that that's exactly, it has to be a way of life. Just uh, speak, speaking for myself, Sunday morning wasn't enough. Uh, just going or you know, going once a week or whatever. That I, it's, it's a spiritual path, a new vision on life. It's, some, it has, it's something I have to do from moment to moment. And it starts for me at the moment I wake up. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I try to instill with the people I work with um, mainly and mostly is that in the morning, whatever state of mind you set, it's going to build momentum as the day goes on. Mm-hmm. And it's a little easier to catch it still in the morning once it builds up like a carnival on that hill. You don't want to try to stop that baby on the bottom. <laughs> no. You don't want to catch it on the top or, you know, nudge it the right direction. Mm-hmm. So I find uh, morning time is real vital when I start my day. There was actually, you know, this Wayne Dyer, which I'm, very sure, I'm sure you're very familiar with. Oh, yeah. Who would talk about what he did the first thing in the morning is what I've done um, every day for the last 10 years as I sit up and I put my feet as they touch the floor I say thank you thank you thank you how may I serve how may I serve how may I well, serve thank you thank you thank you how may I serve how may I serve that's powerful yeah, yeah mine, is, mine is very similar to that yes yes I, may I have the open heart to be used in the way that um, serves humanity and, and the planet um, as best I can Absolutely. Just it's a surrender process, isn't it? It is. I, I feel like you have great energy, by the way. Oh, thank you. Feels <laughs> great thank to you. Next to you. Oh, um, thank you so much. Yeah, it, it's so. Um, well, I was determined because um, I I didn't have. Um, you know, we could compare notes, and that's not my intention. But as far as growing up, you know, we all had our things and our. You know, we lived long enough to say our parents did the best they can, but my parents weren't sitting around visualizing and, uh, you know, doing meditation and those kind of things. It was quite dysfunctional. And so it was loud in the morning, uh, very, you know, high-strung and lots of energy and stuff like that. And I, I made a promise to myself that when I became an adult and I had my own place, that my place would begin at a place of silence. Now, that was just the first layer that I knew that I knew what I didn't want. And I, I think that that, uh, for all of you listening, I think that's an important part of the very beginning is that you first want to declare what you don't want. And then you evolve to a place that you want to go deeper, bolder, bigger, and you want to affirm what you do want. Because you don't want your whole life to be built around what you perceive as working against you, uh, what you feel is holding you back, what you feel is missing about yourself. You eventually want to get to places, what do I desire? And to me, that, um, it kind of puts it in the not my will, but thy will be done through me. I'm still involved. I'm still the one going to carry it out, right? Because we can touch each other, but we can't touch this thing we call spirit or God. 
But yet, there's something about opening the day that way, like you're talking about. Say the way you say it again. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, I'm thank you. I'm a serve, I'm a serve, I'm a serve. I'm a serve. And that's a quote from Wayne Dyer. He mentioned that's how he started this. Because between that time and the coffee pot, all kind of crazy things can happen in my head. <laughs> so at least I know when I develop a routine of bed, mm-hmm. then I'm setting off on the right train. I do a little meditation or reading and prayer. I saw Elizabeth and Benson on there in a comment about she believes prayer is speaking to God and meditation is listening. Yes, and I, I see love that, that. that very much the same way. Because I feel in prayer, so many different levels of an experience of prayer, but I do feel something that's that's coming out of us. Mm -hmm. A connection that's the intention is coming from us. Whereas meditation is more of an allowing, Mm. allowing something to connect with us. um, I I use that actually with a lot of people struggling with meditation a little bit. They say, I can't do it, I can't do it. Trying, and I tell them, that's, maybe that's your problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't try. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to go to sleep, but don't try to go to sleep. Just sit down, relax your mind, and allow sleep to happen. So, and that kind of goes too with what you were saying surrender, trusting myself, yes, but then also trusting something much greater than myself um, and allowing that to work through us. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, seeing the problem. Surrendering to something outside of myself is for myself. So what really keeps me supported and stable. From there, from there, I think we can do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things I've added is that I have a, uh, and this is, um, you're you're just going to think I'm a a total Buddhist at this point. (laughs) But I I do a, a, a a Buddhist practice that I have a blessing bowl. And so it's a, a, a bowl that's very special. It belonged to my um, mother-in-law. And um, so it's a beautiful crystal bowl. And so um, I fill it, my partner and I, we, we fill it with water. And we both pray into what we want in the day. You know, may I have my uh, an open heart. May I see uh, the miracles that come right before me. You know, the eyes to see, because anytime you look at anything that's in Scripture, it's always talking about the eyes being blind or being able to see, or the ears to hear, um, the heart to feel. And it it does make um, such a difference in how we perceive everything, because, you know, we can be praying and calling something in, like, oh, I, you know, I want more customers, and, and and people are walking right around us, and we don't even notice that. That's our potential. You know, right there, it's just, we could be kind of blindsided to what is actually uh, going on. I want to give a shout-out to Rick Finbo. He's talking about how he starts his day with gratitude. That's also um, another real powerful thing. For three or four years, I wrote out every day 50 things I loved about myself. When I first started, I had a big empty page. <laughs> that felt like one of the biggest processes that I've ever done in my life because I had not come from that looking in the mirror and given you know that many compliments or are those positive thoughts. But over time, 
I was able to get more more practice in it. I want to um, read something that this book is just wonderful. It's um, provocative thoughts for you on a on a daily basis. It's a a very easy read. It's 365 Wisdom Teaches for Daily Reflection. This is a nice jump start for you. This is uh, Russell, Russell Kyle's book. Um, when tempted to argue, is so powerful. When tempted to argue, be silent instead. When tempted to criticize, compliment instead. When tempted to gossip, Walk away instead. That's a big one. That's so true. Not going low, but going high. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, thank you. The uh, Everything here is from my own personal experience, but nothing new. Uh, you know, stuff I've heard mm-hmm. from other people, but I've tried it and actually work. And, you know, the... Um, Spiritual path for me is one of, of, I can get caught up on it intellectually so easy. And I'm kind of a, uh, get caught up on that intellectual path. The ego, I believe the ego can only take us so far. I have to kind of step off that boat at a point and begin to just experience what I'm experiencing without trying to label it or trying to intellectualize it. And so I find that that path for me kind of jumps between intellectualize and experience. Intellectualize and experience. To read and study and then go out and live. To read and study and go out and live. That's a little bit of what I've been trying to spark here. Um, and help you do, to, to I think you've done it. I think you've done it. And I know you do the same. I think you've done it. <laughs> I don't think you're trying. I, I think you've done it. Well, I... To me, I, I use a lot of metaphors like in um, automobile experiences and, and and driving and, you know, anything from the GPS of, of the navigating system, you know, of if you're, if you put an address in that navigating system and you tell it to take you where you are entrusting it to take you and you don't listen and it says go right and you go, oh, I, you know, I don't go right about, I'm going to do left. You can't get mad at the navigating system because you didn't listen. And um, so many people uh, use energy. They're angry at God. They're mad at God. You know, um, I'm this, I'm that. It's your fault. It's because of you. When they didn't listen to the navigating system, say, probably don't want to do that. Um, You probably don't want to be with that man. Um, That's probably not a good girl you to get involved with. Doesn't feel right, red alert, but you do it anyway. Um, you can't get mad at your, your creator if you're not listening. And the other part for me is that if you come up to a stop sign and there's the road is blocked, I mean, the first thing you're going to think about, at least I think, is well, there's got to be another other way I can get there. And to me, that's what um, adversarial experiences, I've learned for them to offer me. Instead of, like you said, reacting, you know, getting all wound up, getting defensive, 
getting angry at a person because they're telling me something I don't want to hear, or I feel like, well, they're not on my team, instead of taking it in like that to immediately respond to, there must be another way. Somehow, another way is trying to, attempting to reveal itself, and I need to pay attention to that. Anyway, you got me all wound up today. No, I love that. I don't even do coffee anymore, so I'm just... (laughs) Filled with the... <laughs> I think and trusting that process, yeah. too. Trusting that, okay, there's something blocking the intersection, but maybe there's a reason. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it can't... And even if there's some some kind of an error in some way, that if I take this detour, learn to enjoy the scenery as I go along on the detour rather than cranking about it, right. that it can serve a purpose. And usually when I go into it in that mindset, I'm like, darn if it doesn't turn out pretty Good. It turns I mean? out real well. That's yeah. what Joanne's saying. She said that she used to do everything on automatic drive, but now she's thinking for herself. That's what it's all about. Is that you know, it's it's one of the great uh, quotes is to be aware when a thinker has become unleashed. Mm-hmm. Right to yes. really use the power of yeah. one's mind and make decisions on on their their own. So you. You start the day in a place of release. You start the day in letting go and surrender. You practice meditation. Are are there any other things that you do? Uh, well, as part of my extending good to others, I'm constantly thinking, what can I teach? Uh-huh. What am I learning here so that I can teach? What am I learning here? And I'll tell you, it really opens me up to whatever lesson I'm in that I think usually I would not be that open to if I wasn't thinking, how can I extend this experience in a positive mm-hmm. way to somebody else? And, and I do that with that text list thing I have. It's funny that it began that way, um, but it kind of set that mindset that taught me that having that mindset of I'm here to serve, I'm here to serve others, sets me up to enjoying life and seeing life in a positive manner, to see the purpose and things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Because then my intention in that experience is to pass that on to somebody else. Um, so, and, and I'm not claiming that I do it perfect because, <laughs> you know, at, life shows up, we have our ups and downs in life. Uh, Absolutely. But, it, but it certainly made the process a lot smoother. And surrendering, mm-hmm. which we're talking about, uh, I find that resistance to the natural flow of life is really a lot of, a lot of uh, issues that I find myself in. Mm-hmm. Because the flow of life is just fine. But I don't want this change. I don't want it to happen this way. And it's that very resistance itself oftentimes is really causing the problem. Because when I say, you know what, okay, let me just pretend like I'm accepting this. Then I go with it, I realize, oh, this is okay. And then and then finally more open to see the purpose. Absolutely. Is that a relative there? Oh, my wife. Hi, babe. <laughs> Tiffany's on the air, watching her husband. <laughs> Shining live. How wonderful is that? I'm yeah. talking to Russell Kyle. We're talking about concepts from his book, Rise and Shine, 365 Wisdom Teaches. They're, they're daily reflections. You can go to his website, awakep.com. That's Awake Productions, awakep.com, and find out more about Russell and all the various things that he's up to. Um, for sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, so the you had mentioned a while ago 
learning from our past mistakes, learning the wrong ways. And my wife popping up on the screen there just reminded me of, uh, you know, it's my second final wife. And, <laughs> second uh, final wife? <laughs> my, worst, my first wife, um, she was great. Mm-hmm. I, I was having my, you know, my issues at the time. She was great. But I learned from that. I learned a lot of the things of not to do. Uh-huh. And so in this experience with my wife, I'm learning a lot of things to do. And so whether they're negative or positive flowing into our life, they're teachers one way or the other. So you know, we've been married eight years. You know, might be nine. So we're my Well, you know, it, it's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, for me, three times before it became a charm. And, um, and I just feel so blessed. And, um, but I, I have come to understand totally that the relationship with the other person is always equated to the relationship of that day that I'm having with myself. I mean, the truth of the matter is a lot of people put a lot of other people through a lot of stuff that really has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with that it's where you're at that day and you're just projecting that onto that other person or because that's how you treat yourself and like you were saying in the book, criticizing and judgment and all that, then you have people in your life that you've allowed to treat you the same way. You know, when people come to me for counseling or life coaching and they say, well, you know, I'm with this partner, my husband, and he talks down to me all the time. I don't say with the husband. I don't say with the conversation about the husband. I say, so what you're telling me is that's how you talk to yourself. And they go, what? You know, and I said, yeah, because if you didn't do it to yourself, you would never have allowed anybody else to do it to you. So there's, you know, there's something going on there um, because that's just the way it goes. Well, I'm very happy that you have found that place of relatability and that level of connection. That's really beautiful and really powerful. Yeah, and what, thank you. And what you were saying, too, I, I find that as well. Mm-hmm. When I label and judge others a certain way, I begin to see the world that way, naturally. Yep. So, and I tend to take things personal. And they feel that they're judging and labeling me the same way. Why wouldn't they? That's mm-hmm. how I see the world. So, it is very much, we set up the way we experience the world, by the way we perceive, the way we mm-hmm. choose to, to interpret. Absolutely. It, it's it's kind of like... A, uh, life is about how you uh, deal with uh, customer service. <laughs> yeah. When, how does that go for you? You know, how yeah. did that work out for you? You call a customer service, you were angry, you were mad, you yelled at them, you fussed, and everything else. So how did that go? Did you get a discount? Did you get something off your bill? Probably not. Not, not a good practice. It's coming from that place of yeah. loving kindness and energy. And it's funny when we... When we treat those people respectfully, those people like us, somehow kind of in our way more in a way, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, that things work out for us. I've been that person on the other end of customer service. And mm-hmm. and I had to learn, actually, that was a good lesson in not taking things personal. To realize that as you were saying, that after stuff going on, they react to me in a certain way, and it's not always me. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's not, you know, it's them. Uh, so it's good to be aware of that type of thing. Yeah, that absolutely is. Well, I'm just, um, 
I was just so thrilled to hear about you. And you had been on the show a couple of years ago, and um, just audio. And I was just really looking forward to meeting you. And I'm just a fan of yours. And, uh, and the work you're doing and how you're impacting people and, and the fact that you're willing to tell your story of how you went from tragedy to triumph. I think that's so important um, that we tell people this is where we were and this is where we are now and this is where we're becoming. I mean, it's an ongoing thing. I'm not trying to imply that either one of us are at our arrival place. It's an ongoing destination. But I, I do think it's important to be able to be willing to t- take a stand to say life is a lot easier when you're going with the grain of the wood instead of against it. There is no doubt about that. You get a lot less splinters and a lot more joy because of your willingness to do that. Yes. And there is a natural tendency to fear uh, going with the grain, I guess you could say, rather than against you know, allowing, rather than paddling upstream, mm-hmm. which is, it's a lot of work. Yeah. You know where you're Done going, that. but it's a lot of work. And constantly fighting against the current, but just to put the paddle in the boat and let go, it takes a little bit of trust in mm-hmm. what's downstream, the worst thing taking me. But I know in the beginning for myself, it's just, it was a blind faith almost. It was like, okay, I'm just going to give it a shot. These people talk about letting go and seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. Giving glimpses of the fact that there are synchronicities. There is something that shows up and guides and supports us. And then over time, it becomes easier and easier to, to do that. But I say that for those of you out there who may be struggling a little bit with that. Um, I know for myself in the beginning, it was just giving it a shot. Just, just starting out. Yep. You start where you are. You know, one 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 step at a time. All right, um, Russell, what are your closing words to our group today? You've had a lot of people tuning in and and people grateful that you came in and did the show. And yeah. what are your some ideas that you want to leave us with today? Uh, thank you. I would just say uh, any small part that anybody contributes to bettering our planet and community is, is a big part. A lot of us play major roles. Yeah, those are great for those who can handle that. Let's you know, get some balls. Mm-hmm. But really, I find more powerful, in my understanding, is all of us with a small, humble, collective role really make an immense difference Absolutely. in the world. So all of it is a positive, makes a positive impact. So you know, going out, helping people, smiling at somebody, can make somebody's day you know, 100%. And in line, in a sequence of events, never know where it can go. A smile can come back to you later. It can change somebody's life. So, just keep going good. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Or you could be like my friend and be willing to have told me 30 years ago, you know, you seem to have a lot going for you, but you got to get rid of that alcohol. You know, that's that's a powerful thing. That's a powerful way to change someone's life. You may not hear it at the moment. They may not hear it at the moment. But please, to your loved ones, uh, to your friends, when you see that they are in trouble and you know that their stories aren't making sense and they're alcohol and drug related, please speak out. Speak up. You know, because it's um, you owe them that. 
And like I said, they may not listen that day. They might get mad at you, but they'll always remember it. Planting yeah. seeds is, is a powerful process of change, especially for people suffering from substance abuse, drug addiction, alcoholism. We can always be a good example for them. That's, that's one way to influence, to pray for them. But just as the temple was saying to, um, to plant seeds, they do sprout later. They do. They become bamboo before you know it. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your wonderful comments, Joanne, Rick, and um, Roshi. Thank you for being with us from South Africa and Elizabeth from Norway. You are all just amazing people. And because of you, I just love doing this show. And because of your sharing the show with others, we have people that are tuning in and following us. And it really means a lot. So just to continue the spirit of Thanksgiving, please be intentional. If you love the things you're hearing today, please join us. Um, you can watch us on YouTube at firstunity.org or templehaze.com. I'd love to hear from you, as well as follow Russell Kyle. You can go to his website, awakepeak.com. Many, many blessings, and uh, so, so grateful. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. 
with enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Look at those closest to you, your family, your friends, your co-workers. The people you spend the most time with can tell you much about yourself. How? One way is that quite often what we see in others is, in some way, a reflection of something within ourselves. What we most admire in another may be a quality we possess but have not yet recognized. It's also true that what we dislike most in another may also reflect some trait within ourselves that we aren't aware of. Whether our response to them is positive or negative, other people can serve as mirrors to teach us about ourselves. Look with new eyes at the people around you. Chances are, all of the behaviors and attitudes you see in them contribute to the way you show up in the world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. <laughs> 